Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. If you usually listen to me on Spotify and you've not been getting my latest episodes, click the Spotify link in the description so you can follow the updated podcast feed. Welcome friends to another r slash nuclear revenge video. Today we've got a couple great stories of revenge, but first make sure to hit those like and subscribe buttons down below so you never miss any of my daily videos. That said, our first story of the day is I ratted my sister out to my parents and it destroyed the trust my parents had for her. This happened a long time ago while we were still teenagers. My sister was a senior in school at the time and I was a junior. We were witnesses and while I tried as much as I could to be the good witness daughter, I sometimes did things my parents didn't approve of and these led to them constantly grounding me. My parents didn't like me. I knew they loved me but they certainly didn't like me. Things were different with my sister, however. My parents loved her to pieces. She could do no wrong in their eyes and, to be fair, she hardly ever even did anything wrong. She faithfully attended meetings, all the elders in the kingdom loved her, and she was attentive and helpful. So, naturally, she was loved by everyone, both the young and the old. She was the perfect young witness lady and everyone expected me to be like her. Whatever I did was held up in contrast to what she did or has done. It was sickening, to be honest. Despite the constant comparisons, I had no issues with my sister. I loved her and treated her fairly, but she wasn't always fair to me. You see, my sister became very addicted to the validation and praises she got from our parents, extended family members, and fellow witnesses that she felt the need to put me down all the time just to make herself look good. She took it upon herself to watch everything I did in school and report back to my parents. It was annoying. I was always so terrified of her knowing my business because she would go to my parents and tell them everything. She would also exaggerate stuff and just go out of her way to make me look bad and get me into trouble at home. The first time she did something like this was to tell my parents about a new friend that I had made in school, a girl whose parents were immigrants. She was quite lonely and was not quite used to the new environment. Her accent was also different and she had a hard time communicating with everyone, so I offered to help guide her. It was fun and I felt satisfied doing something for someone, but my sister ruined it by reporting me to my parents. They were mad at me and insisted that I stop being close friends with her because she practiced a different religion. I argued that I was being a kind person, helping her settle in a different country with a different school system but my parents were not having it. I stubbornly refused, though I didn't tell my parents this. I assured them that I'll end my friendship with her, but I didn't. Guess who saw me with my friend and ran straight to my parents to report me again? If you're thinking my sister, then you guessed right. My parents were furious and even threatened to withdraw me from my school. It was ridiculous. I had to stop speaking to her publicly. She tried to speak to me sometimes, but... I would be distant and cold, so she just got the memo and avoided me altogether. Luckily for her, she made new friends soon enough and had fun with them. 
I felt left out every time I saw her hanging out with her now friends, but I was also glad she was doing okay and not so affected by my distantness. I was very mad at my sister since then and hardly even spoke to her, but that didn't deter her from being obnoxious and running her mouth all over the place. She went on to tell everyone at our family gatherings about how she prevented me from being friends with someone who would have been a bad influence on me. She even made up something about my friend practicing some African religion where worshippers worshipped carved images. That was far from the truth because my friend was a Baptist and even a preacher's daughter. As usual, everyone praised my sister for watching out for me, setting a good example, and being a good big sister. The second time she ratted me out was when my friend who was also a witness and was in the same grade as my sister wanted to contest for vice president in school, and I offered to handle her campaigns. This annoyed my sister, and she reported us to our families. Honestly, I think her actions came from a place of jealousy. My sister had always wanted to befriend my friend, but this friend didn't like her so much, and I suspect it's for the same reason I didn't. Our families frowned upon our actions and disallowed us from participating in school politics. They instead made us participate in kingdom activities to keep us busy. My friend and I were mad at her, but we did nothing about it and didn't confront her. Apart from acting like she's the most pious person ever and being so dedicated to pointing out the faults in others so she looks good, she's also very confrontational and controlling. She would yell at me and order me around like I was her child. My dad would delegate his authority over me to her when he and my mom are not around, and she wasted no time in taking away my phone and computer whenever she felt like it. She would then tell my parents a whole different story when they came around, or just exaggerate what I had done. She lied a lot, and it was off-putting. I hated her so much. One of her actions that hurt me the most was her making my mom ground me and preventing me from attending the funeral of my friend's mom. The friend was a childhood friend who didn't go to our school. We used to be neighbors growing up before her family moved out. We hardly got together as we grew up because she didn't practice our religion and I always had something to do for the kingdom. One would expect that we would drift apart since we didn't even attend the same school and barely saw each other. In fact, we mostly spoke via text and phone calls. When she told me that her mom had passed, I felt like a horrible person. Her mom had battled cancer for a year, and she was being treated in a different state so I never got to visit her. The funeral was on a weekend, and I was all set to attend and support my friend. My parents agreed when I asked them for permission to go. They felt bad for my friend too and permitted me to go be with her. That weekend, the girl from Africa was hosting a birthday party in her home. Most people were psyched about it and were happy to attend her African culture-themed party. I admitted to my witness friend, the one who wanted to be vice president, that I was curious about the birthday party and would like to know what it was about. We talked about what it might be like together, and just as I tried leaving the kitchen area to fetch something from the living room, I saw that my sister had been eavesdropping. In irritation, I ignored her and moved on to the living room to get what I wanted and continue my conversation with my friend. I knew she was eavesdropping, but I didn't take it seriously or think she could do anything with it. It wasn't unlike her to be so nosy and all up in everyone's business anyway. The morning after, my parents called me into their bedroom and said I was no longer permitted to attend my friend's mom's funeral. I didn't understand why and I kept asking but they wouldn't even give a response. 
I cried myself to sleep that day. I couldn't text my friend to let her know I couldn't be at the funeral because I had to cancel our plans so many times, and I didn't want to be that friend who never keeps her promises. I went back to my parents and pleaded with them to allow me to go, but they refused sternly. At the time, I didn't imagine my parents' sudden refusal had anything to do with my sister. I just thought they were very extreme and controlling. For a week, I avoided everyone and hardly left my room. I saw that I had missed a call from my friend, but I didn't return her calls. I just couldn't. I didn't know how to admit to her that my parents made me stay back. She sent messages too, but I didn't read them. My dad decided that he's had enough of my self-isolation and ordered me to join the family for dinner. I couldn't eat at the table. I just stared down at my plate and burst into tears. My mom was annoyed. I have to say that I'm disappointed in you, she said. We've raised you with godly principles, yet you're throwing a fit over missing a birthday party? I didn't understand what she was talking about. What birthday party? What are you talking about? I asked in tears. Stop acting. We know what you tried to do. She rolled her eyes and dropped her cutlery. We know that there was no funeral and you just wanted to get out of the house and attend that idol worshiper's birthday party. As soon as my dad said that, my eyes widened. It occurred to me that my sister had lied again. She had either deliberately lied to my parents just to hurt me, or she heard my friend and me wrong, and rather than ask me questions, she ran to my parents and lied. I was enraged and I charged at my sister. My dad was quick to stand between us, and he held me before I could pull at her hair. My parents didn't even listen to me. They took my gadgets immediately and sent me back to my room. Later that day, we were visited by an aunt who was told what had happened. She came into my room and offered to resolve the differences between us girls. It turned out that my sister had heard my friend and me talking. She heard me say that I was curious about what an African-themed birthday party would look like, and she thought I had lied about my friend's mom's funeral so I could go. It didn't help that the party was held the same Saturday as the funeral. My aunt made us hug it out and my dad and sister apologized to me for not investigating properly before ordering me not to leave the house. My mom was still skeptical and felt I was lying. She expressed disappointment that I was even curious about the party in the first place. My parents had me take different Bible study classes during the week with them and watched me closely. I felt betrayed by my sister and I hated her even more. Worse still, the friend whose mother's funeral I didn't attend cut me off. She blocked me to prevent me from reaching her so there was no way to send her an apology. It was a tough period for me and I withdrew from everyone and everything. Just as I was getting back out there and trying to get over what had happened to me, luck smiled on me and my chance to get back at my sister dropped on my lap. My witness friend saw me in school and said she had something to tell me. We met at the school's cafeteria and she made me go with her to the restroom. I wondered what was so scandalous that we had to go to the bathroom to discuss, but I soon understood why she was acting so mysterious. She had found out through someone in one of her classes that my sister was dating a guy in their grade. This guy was a non-witness and was on the school's football team. He was popular in school and all the girls liked him. I found it difficult to believe that he would like someone as reserved as my sister, or that my sister would like someone so loud, out there, and even more so, a non-witness. My friend said she wasn't going to tell anyone about it though. 
I just didn't believe my friend. Plus, after what my sister had done to us, one would think that she would be eager to report her. At the same time, I knew my friend wouldn't lie about something like that. That same month, my friend and I were in the library. She was reading a novel she had started some days before, and I was studying. I heard muffled sounds from the back and got irritated. It wasn't unusual to have kids come to the back of the library to kiss. Students were hardly ever in the library, especially in the far back, and that was precisely why I was in that part of the library. It was usually quiet, and I'm able to study without distractions. Well, the muffled sound was distracting, so I went there to tell the couple to get a room. Shockingly, it was my sister and her boyfriend. I couldn't believe my eyes. I called for my friend and she joined me and burst out laughing. My sister and the guy had been kissing. I simply picked up my stuff and walked away with my friend following closely and the guy following us. He tried to convince me that it wasn't her fault, but I said nothing. When he saw that I wasn't yielding, he turned to my friend who was simply amused and tried to convince her to talk to me. As my friend drove us home, she laughed about how much of a hypocrite my sister was. She was having so much fun, but I wasn't thinking amused. I mentally planned how I would report my sister to the elders. I refused to speak to her when she got home and tried talking to me without even speaking to my parents. I visited an elder and I reported her. I even faked tears and acted as though I was heartbroken that my sister had disobeyed God's rules. The elder was shocked. They all know my sister to be pious and in good standing, so he didn't expect it. He even admitted that if he had been told that one of my parents' children would do something like that, he would have thought it would have been me. I was very pleased that I had shattered everyone's image of her. The elder commended my honesty and spoke with the other elders. As was the custom, my sister was summoned by the judicial committee. I already told the elders that my friend saw it too, so she was there to bear witness against my sister with me. While my sister was repentant and sorry for her actions, she still had to be disciplined for her actions. She was reproved and could not participate in certain activities for a long while. My parents and everyone thought I'd done it out of goodwill, but it was my way of getting revenge on my liar sister. She had gotten me into trouble too many times, so I didn't feel an ounce of guilt for all she had to do to be in good standing again. If she hadn't been such a snitch, I would not have reported her. If you choose to live that kind of life, it's your choice, but that just sounds so restrictive. But anyways, does it surprise anybody out there that somebody who is so happy to run around and report you for doing all these awful things behind your parents' backs? that that stuck-up snitch of a person is actually running around doing just as awful things? Do you believe somebody could go around eavesdropping? Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Snitching left and right, and still in their personal lives, be the pious and goody two shoes? Let me know what you guys think in the comments down below. And our final story of the day is I stole my job back from my evil co worker. Evil Pete joined the company where I work six months after I was employed, and by the end of his first day, it was clear that he wasn't there to make friends, or at least not with anyone who was on his staff level, and I got the first-hand experience of his cold nature when I went to offer him a cup of coffee as a welcome to the office type of thing. As I handed the cup to him over his cubicle, he said, are all the interns here stupid? Why would you pass a cup over my desk? Do you want to spill something on the company's computer? I had to blink a few times before smiling, default response to any sign of aggression, And then I told him I wasn't an intern, and I didn't think the sealed styrofoam cup would have spilled over unless someone knocked it out of my hand. All with a chuckle, of course, because heaven forbid I upset him by coming off as assertive. The minute he heard that I wasn't an intern, he looked nervous. But by the time his eyes fell to my badge, where my title of Software Engineer 2 sat, his eyes were back to being cold. He didn't apologize for this misidentification or for calling our intern stupid. All he said was, I don't drink coffee. If you don't mind, I'd like to get back to work. Of course, I nodded and smiled and walked away. As I was leaving, I was wondering what work he had to do on the very first day, since my onboarding process had taken a week, but I didn't pay much attention to it or him until about two weeks later when the members of the junior level staff were talking about him when all the software engineering teams went out for our monthly unit lunch which evil pete conveniently missed one junior dev talked about how evil pete shredded the printed out papers of their pitch presentation because he didn't see valuable information on the front page and thought it was a test print since no one was near the printer and didn't want to get his documentation papers mixed up with random trash so the person had to reprint their pitch and push back the presentation. The stories just went from bad to worse, and it was like there was a general consensus. We didn't like Evil Pete, and he didn't like us. He wanted to prove that he was better than all the other junior devs and suck up to the team leaders and C-level staff, so everyone stayed far away from him and minded their business. But my business landed me on his radar. I'm not one to brag, but... I'm really good at my job. In fact, I'd heard my line manager suggest that they were considering promoting me to senior engineer. And because of how much rep I have with the senior staff and management, Evil Pete got jealous very fast. I was the same person he had mistook for an intern on his first day, and it looked like I was about to leave him in a lower level. He wanted the acknowledgement I had. He was gunning for the senior engineer promotion, and he wasn't trying to hide it. No, bet your butt he didn't. I knew what I was capable of work-wise, but I knew what Evil Pete was capable of evil-wise. So I was doing my best to avoid him. I collaborated with him on all the projects that we worked together on the four months before crap hit the fan. 
almost literally, but when I could, I avoided him like a contagious rash. And then he got really aggressive with his passion for work. He was working overtime more than anyone else on our floor, and he wasn't even getting paid for half that time, because there's a limit on the overtime payment the company offers. So no one understood why he was doing it, but I did. After all, I was the one receiving passive-aggressive messages on our project team group chats, but mentioning my suspicions would have come off as feeling conceited, and I don't believe in working hard over working smart, so I wasn't worried. I already mentioned how much of a let go, let love person I am, so I don't think my girlfriend was surprised when I told her I wasn't going to do anything about his behavior since he wasn't directly affecting my work. She was adamant that I report to the HR team, but I didn't feel there was any substance to it. And then there was. About three months after Evil Pete joined the company and started eyeing my promotion, I had an unfortunate mistake at work. I had created the document brief for a new feature for one of our client's apps, and it included a link to some software architecture that I'd created for my portfolio. I knew it was impressive, and I was excited to show my team leader at the next meeting we had. Unfortunately for me, I was so excited that I mentioned the something special that I had for the meeting to a colleague while waiting for the elevator a day before the meeting. I didn't notice that Evil Pete was standing behind us in the small crowd waiting for the elevator until my colleague murmured, Pete, you not getting on? But I didn't think too much about his silence because he wasn't a friendly person. And then it made sense. The company works hybrid days, so we weren't all physically at the office on the same days, and the meeting was remote, so I presented my pitch while sharing my screen on a conference call with the team leader and some of the members who were working with the client. When I got to the bit with the architecture I had created, I did a little spiel about how I'd worked on something, and I thought it would be really cool if we were able to incorporate it for the feature update. Then I clicked the link, and a Rickroll played. I couldn't speak for a few seconds, but my team leaders were laughing. Then my team leader said, I appreciate the humor, but you didn't need to do that entire speech just to rickroll us, you know. And there was more laughter, and I was mortified. But I quickly played it off and said something about how I needed to catch them all with their guards down. The meeting carried on, but I was seriously worried. We joked around often, yes, but the meeting was serious, and if my manager had been in a different mood, it probably would have gone much worse. I was lucky, but someone had planned that I wouldn't be. And that was when I remembered my colleague's elevator comment from the day before. As soon as the meeting ended, I called my girlfriend and told her what happened. She couldn't understand how evil Pete had gotten access to my document because it was on Notion. It didn't take long for me to remember that the day after the elevator comment, I had left my computer open to grab a cup of water from the dispenser right by the door, and a junior engineer had stopped to ask a few questions about the feature she was working on. Evil Pete was leaving the office as I re-entered, and by the time I got back to my desk, the screen of my computer was still on, and I thought it was just running some background operations. The math added up really quick, and I realized that Evil Pete didn't even have to do any brain work to get access to my computer and the document. It didn't take a genius to figure out that he'd changed the hyperlink I included for my software architecture. It was simple, but it could have been the worst outcome imaginable if my manager hadn't laughed it off. My girlfriend was fuming, 
and she wanted me to do something about it. The only proof I could think of to convince HR that Evil Pete was malicious was CCTV footage of the office, but I wasn't sure it would hold since there were no actual consequences from what he did, so I decided to just sit on it and see what would happen next, because I knew there had to be more from someone who was bold enough to mess with my work, and he proved me right. For about a week after that, he would question every single suggestion I brought up and try to undermine my solutions, especially when we were on calls or had meetings with senior management. One time, we were doing a project briefing with the CTO in a conference room, and evil Pete knocked over his cup of water, and it spilled on my laptop. Immediately, he acted super sympathetic and said, Oh, you missed reaching for your cup? Everyone else had been focused on the person speaking, so they thought I was responsible for the spill. I had to rush out to get the laptop to the hardware tech guy so they could assess the damage. By the time I got back, the meeting was ending, and my manager told me Evil Pete will be handling most of the major parts, and I could provide consultation for him. The project wasn't a big one, but it had the attention of the CTO, and that was something I needed to get the promotion as soon as possible and Evil Pete was obviously trying to mess it up. Complaining and convincing my manager to hand the task to me would have been petty, so I just decided to just let him handle it. But then he did something that was really the straw that broke my patience. I was going home about a month after the Rickroll incident, and this was two weeks after the project was basically assigned to Evil Pete, and he had just started working on it. It was super late because I had to stay back and work on something with my manager and Evil Pete had also worked pretty late because he was in the foundation parts of the project. Anyway, I was about to get into my car when I noticed that one of the back tires was flat. Evil Pete had left the office about an hour before me and I didn't have to guess twice about who was responsible for the damage, but I still needed a confirmation. So I headed back inside and met with a security guard at the front door. Because I was super friendly with him and always brought back coffee for him during my lunch breaks, he was eager to help me and page the surveillance room to let me have a look. I got to see the footage and my suspicions were right. Then I convinced them to show me footage from the day that Evil Pete messed with my document and the video that showed he had gone to my computer like 20 seconds after I got up and left after like 2 minutes, which coincided with when I entered back into the office. They couldn't give me the footage without approval from HR, but they helped me cut and place the videos in a folder for easy access, and I called the cab and went home. My girlfriend was pissed and wanted me to report to HR first thing in the morning, but I was even more pissed and I knew I had to get back to him in a big way. The next week, after calling an auto shop to pick up my car and paying an absurd amount for my tires to be changed, I was getting a bit late to work, but I headed into the building with coffees for the security guys that had helped me and for the six people who worked in the same office space with me. Yes, including Evil Pete. I made a show of handing the cups to everyone and when I got to him, I even made a joke. Now you know I'm not an intern and I'm handing the cup to you through the side. Good luck with the project, man. He didn't crack a smile, but he collected the cup and took a sip before thanking me. That was all I needed. See, I'd been feeling constipated for a while and I'd even taken a sick day in the past couple of days, so I'd been a bit heavy-handed with the laxatives I added to my coffee that morning. If I accidentally gave my cup to Evil Pete, well, that was yet to be proven. After all, his real name starts with S. 
and so does mine, so it was easy to mix up the S and ST when I handed the cup to him. That's the defense I'd planned in case he called my bluff, because I knew he was going to confront me when he started sweating before even making it halfway through the cup. He had to take multiple bathroom breaks and was beginning to look very pale. Unfortunately for him, he had to do a meeting with the team leader and CTO for a key addition to the project's features. But it got so bad that he had to leave for the hospital an hour before lunch. The meeting was immediately after lunch and the CTO couldn't reschedule. So I jumped to the rescue. I told my manager that I'd familiarized myself with the brief and could take over for Evil Pete since he was still on the foundational bits. They were relieved and I smashed that strategy meeting to bits. My ideas were through the roof and the complex features they wanted to include were looking seamless, if I do say so myself. And when I told them I could finish the project in half the time Evil Pete had requested, my team leader was proud, the CTO was impressed, and the meeting ended with them telling me to expect an email before the close of the day. The next day, Evil Pete came to work looking marginally better but still pale and very furious. He headed straight for my desk and asked to see me in the hallway. I went with him without as much as a complaint. I know what you did to me and I'm going to tell HR. I looked at him and I laughed and I told him, that's alright, but let's see who can get there first. After all, I have a video of a certain someone slashing my tires while pretending to tie their shoelaces. Immediately his expression changed and I just had to drive the kicker in. Also it would probably be best if you don't make it a habit of calling a senior engineer away for a chat during work hours. My time officially costs more than yours as of this morning. Before he could respond, an intern came up to us and told me that HR needed me to come down for a new passport and they'd been trying to call my phone. Evil Pete was brimming with anger, but he couldn't accuse me without blowing his own cover, so he walked away. And I went to get my passport taken for the job I stole back from the worst co-worker ever. Honestly, I loved this story, but I just wish that HR was properly reported for this guy. I imagine that has to be in the future for Evil Pete, right? There's no way that OP can keep working this awesome job that they finally earned over Evil Pete, knowing that he's probably going to be lurking in the wings trying to find any way to take OP down. Report him to HR and get him kicked off the team so he can't attempt to sabotage anything. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another revenge story that was absolutely crazy, click on that left video. Or if you missed my latest video, check out the one on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.